What's happening, good fighters? Coming to you live with a whole lot of connection, intention, and purpose. This is the Good Fighters Podcast, coming to us live from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Dr. Gates Mayer, Dr. Nash Dopko, coming to you live from Ames, Iowa. And we have a fantastic, awesome, principled guest today, Dr. J.T. Anderson, coming to us live from Mile High City, Denver, Colorado. Dr. J.T., welcome. Thank you so much. Hope you guys are doing fantastic this morning. Always a fantastic well. day above ground. Heck yeah. And talking about chiropractic. Can't go wrong with those two. <laughs> um, Dr. JT, can you share a little bit about your background just real quick? I, I have so many questions to ask you because your your life story as of yet seems phenomenal. So just a quick backstory for those listening, if you don't mind. I think my journey started when I was about 13 years old. I was playing football, quarterback, throwing the ball around in the in the you know, sandlot, and uh, my back gave out on me. And my parents took me immediately to the medical doctor, uh, prescribed you know pain relievers and so forth. We got a water bed. If you guys remember what a water bed looks like, um, <sighs> we tried the traditional physical therapy modalities. Just not much luck at all. So I started working out, training hard. And a chiropractor in Southern California noticed while I was doing some exercises that my hips were off. And so he kind of took me aside, you know, at 15 years old and said, look, there's something mechanically going on in your spine that we need to look at. So he invited me to his practice, uh, just opened up his doors. We took pictures of my spine, found out there's some genetic weakness there um, through a series of, uh, you know, teachings and, and lessons of chiropractic. We started making corrections. And in a short time, much of my back pain had been alleviated after, you know, two or three years. And so that started my thought process on what I wanted to do. And really at an early age, I knew in the back of my mind, chiropractic was uh, the way to go. So it's up. A lot luckier than me. I know that. Uh, <laughs> honestly, it's kind of funny. Uh, I kind of have a similar story and background that I had hurt my low back at a young age, um, went through the medical route. Mom was a nurse, uh, grandma's a nurse, aunt's a nurse. So a whole family full of nurses and went the allopathic route and the body doing what it does. I adapted and healed being that young that I feel like I, I mean, what I understand now I adapted around my, my issues and formed a lot of compensations from that and ended up injuring my back worse in high school. And, you know, long story short, still more time for I really found a chiropractor that showed me a different path. And that was when I really started seeing actual true results opposed to just symptom relief. Right. So I definitely resonate with that story, Doc. Mm -hmm. That's that's really cool. So I know we usually like to definitely dive into background, definitely dive into really what got you here today. Um, one question that I always uh, that we always really like to hit off the bat because, you know, this is talking about the present and the future. Um, so where are you at today? What's the next, you know, five, 10 years look like for you too? I know you're a dad, so I'd love to hear more about that as well. Yeah. So, you know, my background, 28 years in practice, which has been an amazing journey. And along the way, I've been the chiropractic uh, physician for the Denver Broncos, 
we had an indoor football team, the Colorado Crush, and then the outdoor lacrosse team, the Denver Outlaws. And so um, that journey has brought me in touch with so many people, opened up doors. And it's always about being there at the right time. You know, uh, you know, my skill set, yes, might be more sports medicine oriented, but it's not, you know, what you know necessarily, it's who you know and building those relationships. So for me, it's been just a wonderful journey of, of uh, introducing chiropractic to professional athletes. And then of course it filters down to their families, um, their kids. And so I think that the next five to 10 years for chiropractic, hopefully we'll see it more involved in the military, you know, and within the police force, firefighters, you know, our first responders, I think they truly need the attention that we can offer um, and I think that's, that's really where it's going to head and, you know, to really help those that are serving us. Love that. Yeah. Amen. I did a short stint with the VA and spot on, especially when you see some of these firefighters and, and policemen, their spines under stress. That's yeah. for dang sure. So one of the things that I really wanted to, because you, you touched on the Denver Broncos, but you yourself seem like a very avid baseball fan. Is that true? Nice. You know, I, I grew up in baseball, uh, broke my uh, arm in college trying to make the, the team. Um, it was a great, you know, wake up call for me that I wasn't going to make money in sports. And so um, I had to transition. I did play baseball, you know, all the way up to my 40s. And, uh, you know, it just was a lot of fun. I started coaching my son um, from five years old until he became uh, in high school. And then I was given my pink slip and no longer needed as a coach. And that was my first book called Outside the Fence, A Father's Journey from Coach to Fan, kind of expresses the uh, whole idea about being on the inside, you know, wearing the same uniform as the team. And then eventually, now you got to stand on the outside of the fence with the moms and dads that never coached and it's a really hard transition, but uh, yeah. yeah, baseball is definitely my true love. I should have pulled it out. I have a, a signed copy of the Sandlot, like the, I, I went to the field of dreams and they had some of the guys there. And so like the movie poster and I have a couple of the guys signed on there. Smalls, oh, uh, Smalls was there. A couple of the other guys. It's, it's so cool. Oh, that is cool. Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine that transition and, and that that's like a, that's one of those things. I myself avid baseball player and I'm not looking forward to that transition, I guess you could say. <laughs> um, but at the same time, it's one of those things where, you know, you as a dad and I'm, I'm a fairly new dad. Um, there's just, thank you. Um, just so many lessons that we can pass on to our kids. Is there any lesson that you've either learned from baseball or chiropractic that, you know, obviously there's probably some stuff in your books, but any main lesson that you've learned from either the profession or baseball where you're like, I, every person needs to know this. <laughs> you know, I think it, it's, it's obvious when you wake up in the morning, it's a fresh new day. The past is wiped clean. And one of the things, the life quotes that I like to say is always give without remembering, but mm -hmm. receive without forgetting. And so I think as I've gotten into my fifties now, I, I realized that again, every uh, day is a gift. Um, my prayer every morning is Lord, you send them and I'll serve them. So whatever comes my way, allow me to be, you know, the best I can. And so my advice to those that are listening is um, just cherish it because you never know what tomorrow might bring. Mm -hmm. 
Absolutely. I love that. That's a really cool phrase. I've never heard that before. Yeah. Um, you know, what we, what we do is truly sacred and it's easy to overlook the, I don't know, the, the blessings that we have to do what we do and lay our hands on people and truly lead people down a different path that the world is crying out for. Um, I know that typically, uh, obviously Daniel Knowles, Mile High, uh, the community out where you guys are is, is phenomenal. Um, overall, I know the the pulse of the community around there is pretty in touch with chiropractic. How has that conversation been with some of the sports teams you've been on? Um, I guess, could you walk us a little bit down that path of that that tick, that philosophy talk with those teams and, uh, you know, how you kind of you know, handle that. So when I started working with the Broncos back in 1999, there was only three team chiropractors. And Mm -hmm. so the fraternity started to grow as I progressed into the 2000s. And now every single team, doesn't matter if it's NFL or NBA or Major League Baseball, et cetera, um, they have a team chiropractor. So the the whole transition now is a wake-up call saying, you know, we need chiropractors involved with our athletes. And so uh, for those that are interested in diving into the sports field, uh, you know, again, get involved with those athletic trainers. Those are the gatekeepers. You know, the players, of course, they're going to come in and out of, uh, of the, the teams all the time, but it's the athletic trainers that really will make or break, you know, the referrals. And so um, my opinion is that we can work hand in hand, but we also have to know our role. In my opinion, if we jump out of our role and do too much, let's say in the sports arena, uh, like with the Denver Broncos, we'll probably be removed and replaced. And so I had to kind of just stay in my room, not ask for autographs, uh, just very, very, uh, be very focused on my, my, my role there and then just realize that I could be uh, in communication with the athletic trainer and then we could work together and everything was cohesive. That's awesome advice, honestly. Um, I think it'd be a pretty slippery slope and easy thing to fall into when working with professional teams is, you know, getting starry eyed and, and seeing some of these names and these, these people. But at the end of the day, that's not uh, that's not what you're there for, right? You're there to to serve them, not to be uh, trying to you know, fulfill some sort of you know fan motive, right? So I think that's that's awesome. Um, do you have any? I guess uh, I do. I'm also personally curious, though. Um, any wild stories that you saw while you're on the uh, while you working with the Broncos, or anything that really you know. If I'm going to talk about working my time with the Broncos, this story is always like a one that I got to share. <laughs> yeah. You know, you have to protect privacy, right? Sure, um, with, sure. With players and names and things like that. But there was a sports beat writer um, back in the day. They used to write everything down with a pen and pencil on a piece of paper. Uh, this gentleman was very popular in Denver and now he's on ESPN and uh, doing amazing things. Uh, he's the go-to guy for information. He's the one that spills the beans first. Um, but every time that I would be on the sidelines, he'd see me, he'd always get writer's cramp and he'd come over and just literally put his hands out like this. And then he knew that I would be adjusting his fingers and his wrists. And then he would go on with writing. And so that was the story that I, I just always remember. Um, he you know, was just a great guy. I always took the time to talk to me, but I wanted to do him a favor and help his hands. And so uh, by relieving that pressure, he was able to continue his, uh, you know, his writing. That's awesome. 
I personally wanted to hear more about the manipulation under anesthesia. Ah, okay. That is something that I've seen it one time. This was like on Instagram. And I was like, man, that's that's so wild. Um, but I know obviously a lot of patients that, you know, they might prefer to get adjusted under anesthesia too. So can you share how you got into that, what that process looks like? And then, you know, kind of the ins and outs of, of doing that? You know, I think for me, I've been blessed with the ability to adjust um, larger bodies, muscular people, um, those that are really restricted. And when you get into the personal injury field, as you both know, you, you develop a lot of scar tissue that um, really needs to be mobilized. So yeah. kind of the term I like to use, Doc, is mobilization under anesthesia. So it's not always about the thrust or mm. the cavitation but it's about taking the body through range of motions that it would never, never be able to do uh, when you're awake. And so when you put uh, somebody with propanol, for instance, it just gives them that twilight daydreamy feel. And you can take them through those motions that would be normally painful and you can hear adhesions breaking free. And it's just wow. quite remarkable. Yeah, that's incredible. I didn't know that. That's pretty fascinating stuff, especially when you talk about, like like you said, that scar tissue buildup. I mean, years and years of playing football, years and years of, of the practices, weightlifting, all that kind of stuff. I can't even imagine the amount of scar tissue that's in there. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, a gentleman out of Phoenix, uh, Dr. Nielsen, that has really taken a role in chiropractic, and uh, he's the go-to guy for uh, MUAs, and he does, you know, a couple hundred a year, and um you know, mm -hmm. I took my certification with him and uh, he's kind of my mentor. Nice. Yeah. How, how, what's that certification process look like? So it's uh, about 70 hours of practical information, um, hands-on going to surgical centers, watching uh, him do, you know, those mobilizations, a lot of videos and so forth. And then honestly, uh, as a chiropractor, you're free to go and line yourself with pain physicians uh, in a surgical setting and offer your services. And so each treatment mm. is really only 15 to 20 minutes. And again, oh, wow. usually I'll recommend two to three sessions over a period of six months. Mm. Are patients extremely sore afterwards based on the range of motion that takes hand and the breaking up of the adhesions? That's a great question. I think for me, I've learned, let's not get them super sore on that first visit because they wouldn't sure. want to come back. Yeah. So I generally try to, yeah, I try to do a, a pre-testing and a post-testing after, uh, you know, a period of a day or two where they'll come into my facility. We'll check range of motions and pain levels and so forth. Uh, then within 30 days, I'll get them back in. We'll, we'll re-MUA that level. Uh, and then, of course, maybe 60 days thereafter, we'll do another uh, mobilization. So generally I would say the soreness is not much more than an, uh, a pretty significant workout. Sure. It's incredible. Before we get into anything else, I don't know, Nash, if you had anything specific. Um, I want to know about this memoirs of a chiropractor. This is your newest book, right? That was my next question too. So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> You know, for those out there that don't have chiropractic experience or just kind of interested in what chiropractic is, I think the majority of, of people, when you interview them, and hey, what is chiropractic? Well, it's, you know, a doctor that manipulates your spine or, you know, pops your neck, those type of things. So I came up with the title, No Bones About It. 
a memoir of a chiropractor, it, it chronicles my history, but it dives deep into the art, science, and philosophy behind our wonderful profession. And there's so many practitioners that don't ever manipulate, but they get incredible results. Uh, they do a lot of myofascial or energetic work. You know, you have the, the TRT out there and the net chiropractic. Um, those are wonderful options for people that just don't feel like they want to be manipulated, or maybe they don't need to be adjusted. Um, so this book kind of outlines the various techniques that are available. And it also goes through different marketing options for those in the field, for mm -hmm. students that are maybe just fresh out of school, power partners, you know, aligning yourself with 10 power partners that are going to successfully market your practice. It, it's, a, it's a wonderful lead source. You know, for me, uh, I do a lot of work with you know, physical therapists, massage therapists, naturopathic medicine doctors, those are my power partners. And so, you know, my book just really dives into a lot of different ways to motivate you, enhance your practice and, you know, give you that spark that you might be missing. Nice. That's really yeah. cool. What really inspired you to, I know your first book was Outside the Fence. Um, have you always been a writer? Is that something that, you know, has come on as of late? I know you released that one in 2021. Is that when that came? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. You know, I've always enjoyed, enjoyed writing short stories and so forth. Uh, I have a uh, two other books that I'm working on right now. The third one, I'll just go through it. It's called motion is lotion, mm -hmm. live an oily life. <laughs> and it really emphasizes alkalinity, uh, you know, your diet, exercise talks about pH and water, you know, and how to remain mobile. You know, again, somebody that in the fifties, like myself, you know, I want to look to 70 and 80 years old where I feel like I can golf at a high level. I can play pickleball, uh, you know, keep my joints mobile. The fourth book that I'm currently writing now is called Younger Me, Older Me. And it really emphasizes the importance of what you do today will affect you tomorrow and years down the road. Uh, you reap what you sow. So yeah, I love writing. Uh, that's something I think we all have a story to tell. Mm -hmm. And if you can't write yourself, hire a ghostwriter um, and let them write your story, but leave a legacy for your kids and for your, your practice. No, that's yeah. awesome advice. I love that. Trying to get Nash on the author train. <laughs> I'm yeah. currently writing a book as well. Still working on it, but we got to get you started, Nash. Yeah, no, absolutely. And honestly, I, I definitely agree. Um, everybody does have a story and, you know, we're in this amazing time where it's easier than ever to really, like you said, leave a legacy and leave some sort of a blueprint towards, you, you know, our life, the path that we've walked that might help maybe our kids, but maybe their kids as kids, you know, things like that, that you never know what you say or do today can affect the lives of millions tomorrow. So mm -hmm. um, I think that's, I think that's awesome advice, Doc. I appreciate that. Um, when it comes to your writing process, I know you're an early bird. Why is that? Is that something that you just feel like uh, you're more in tune with innate when you're up in the morning? Is there a certain routine that you go through? Was Can you walk us through that a little bit? Yeah. So I only need about five hours of sleep a night. Um, honestly, a lot of it is Jealous. nutrition diet. You know, um, it's just programming my brain that, you know, I can get a buy with five hours. I usually do a brain tap, um, which is an incredible technology that blends light and sound to help me get, get into that deep Delta sleep. Um, usually about one o'clock, I'll do about a 40 minute brain tap, which, you know, we can talk about later. And that refreshes me all the way until about nine o'clock at night. 
for me, my morning routine is I give God my first fruits. I get up, I usually dive into some scripture for about a half hour. Then I'll do a lot of stretching and flexibility. Then I'll get to writing and I'll write for an hour. And then uh, generally four times a week, I'll go and work out. But my workouts are more based on flexibility. Like I had mentioned before, live an oily life. So I'll do a lot of uh, golf exercises because that's what I do. Uh, so I don't put a lot of stress on my joints anymore. I just maintain you know, a, a fairly good flexibility level. And then of course, along the day, I have a very planned routine as far as what I'm putting into my body, because, you know, that is the output that I'm giving back to uh, patients. Yeah. I'm trying to play pickleball until I'm like 95. So nice. agreed. <laughs> what about 200? Oh, that's right. It is technically 200. That is, that is. We have a, a we were saying we, uh, we're living a 200 year lifestyle. So um, you know, even if we only make it halfway, still a pretty good life, right? So, that's right. Absolutely. Um, that's awesome. Doc. So I know you're an avid golfer. Um, have you had any, you know, experience in working with golfers as well as the football and, uh, baseball teams that you've worked with, or is that something that you're uh, more of a, more of a player than? No, I, I competed at a high level. And so with that, you know, people know my background and they, you know, a lot of tennis elbow, we do a lot of shockwave therapy, dry needling in our practice, a lot of, um, uh, you know, kinesio taping and flossing, okay. uh, especially with the, the elbow. Um, I do a lot of work with uh, decompression therapy, but yeah, so golfers, you know, over the course of my 28 years, I've had professional dart players come in, for instance, you think about it, their, you know, reaction time is just this, right? Mm. But they have to be totally untuned with their innate and of course their nervous system. So, you know, it's been so much fun working with different athletes. I just had a, uh, a, hope, a hopeful Olympic swimmer. Uh, he's in China right now training for the next Olympics. So, you know, once you get into the sports field, people start saying, look, can you help this? Can you help that? And, and I've learned like the professional bowlers that I worked with for all those years, I had no idea that they were athletes really, but <laughs> in working with the uh, PBA, the professional bowlers association, I learned very quickly these guys are amazing. Yes, they can drink and they can maybe have, you know, cigarettes and still bowl incredible game, but honestly, uh, they're in tune with their bodies and they need to be adjusted just like we all do. Absolutely. That's, that's awesome. Um, I wanted to, you know, kind of dial back a little bit too, you know, with your background, I mean, you've walked, you've walked an amazing path thus far. Um, you know, you, you talked about when you're younger, you'd seen a chiropractor from some, some pain. Uh, was that really the, the X factor? Was that the catalyst to, that turned you into the chiropractor you are today? Is there a little bit different, uh, you know, story behind that? Uh, I'd love to hear more on that as well. No, I think for most of us, uh, as chiropractors, we usually get patients that are in pain. Uh, the goal is to transition them to understand chiropractic wellness is a much better position for all of us as the chiropractor and the patient. So it was a learning process for me. Mm -hmm. I took the advice of the Southern California bodybuilding chiropractor. And I, you know, we went through a three month program to wellness. Uh, from there, he educated me, dripped, educated me every single visit. So at a 15 year old, I started learning and understanding that chiropractic was more about prevention than pain relief. So for me, yes, it was about pain. That that's what brought me in. 
Um, but I learned very quickly that my nervous system needed to communicate with my entire body at a higher level than it was doing at that time. Gates, I'd love for you to kind of talk a little bit more on, you know, your perspective as well. Um, I know that uh, I don't, I'm, I'm not an opportunity right now to do as much systemic work like you're able yeah. to. Um, I know, Doc, that you've mentioned you've, you've done, you know, electroshock therapy and you've got such a diverse background. Um, Gates, would you mind, you know, I don't know if you have any questions, I guess, as far as your perspective on that as well. Um, like in, in the modalities aspect or like the, for sure. Um, yeah, I guess one of the things that initially drew me into chiropractic was more of the sports realm in that aspect. Um, so like going, I think it was like my first or second trimester, I went to the, um, the conference for all the baseball chiropractors. I don't know if you were there. This was like in 20, maybe 2018, maybe 2017. And um, just learning more of the aspects that go into being a part of a team, um, like the health team as a chiropractor, like kind of like what you were touching on earlier with the athletic trainer perspective is getting in with them. Um, I guess one of the biggest things is, especially for athletes that, that, that I've seen foundationally and functionally, what, what would be your advice to students and what they need to learn for that type of stuff? Because for me going through school, I was like, okay, there's all these modalities. Like, I don't, I don't know where to start. I don't know what to do. Um, and I've taken like a little bit of tidbits from each one. So a little bit from maybe McKenzie, the, the shock, um, taping, all that kind of stuff. What you know, is there some area where students should focus or is there something with that? Because for me, I was always, you know, just taking little tidbits from each one and, and kind of formulating for myself because I had to do some healing for myself. And I don't know if you're familiar with foundation training, but the core breath, core breathing um, was huge for me. So I wonder if you could maybe touch on some of that. Yeah, well, I would say timeliness is your ally. You're going to have, like for me with the Broncos, when they came off the field, all the linemen came in, sweaty, stinky. (laughs) You'd get the uh, offensive linemen, maybe five or six. They had stuff to do, right? So I had to get in and get out like a Marine. And then the defensive linemen would come in. I couldn't wait for the punters and kickers, believe me. But, you know, you get 40 (laughs) guys that are coming in at once. I I couldn't spend 20 minutes with them. I had to find out what they needed. Um, make sure that I took care of their needs and then move on to the next, you know, player. And so for those students out there, uh, you're not going to be able to do all of it in one particular visit, but with the time that you have, you have to be very succinct. Uh, You don't need to really talk about the weather and, you know, family and all of that. I mean, yes, be personal, but that'll come over time as they trust you. Ultimately, what you really want to focus on is serving them, knowing that you're a great resource and then you'll start building that relationship and then you can start expanding where they may come into your own practice and get Mm -hmm. further care. So that's really the goal, uh, you know, financially as well is you, you, you have a role with the team, but you also have an outside practice that you can make residual income. And then of course their family will come and see as well. Yeah. So what's your process then when you take a patient, obviously there's the, 
there's a shorter duration for games or practices, but like off season, and it's more dependent probably on what they need. But you know, first couple weeks, are you doing you know more intensity, or are you ramping it up towards the when they get back into the season so that they're just re- geared up, ready to go? Yeah, that's a great question. So a very good friend of mine, a kicker for the Broncos years ago, um, always told me, look, I can't have you change my swing path of my leg. So let's not do a lot of work on my hip, you know, my knee, my ankle, because, you know, the guy's kicking 50 yard plus field goals, right? And I start mechanically changing them. That's what chiropractic does. So during the season, I'm very specific in what he wanted, what he needed. During the off season, however, we could play around a little bit with his trainer with his um, strength coach and his nutritionist. So I try to work with those, um, you know, the team, I should say the connections that he's made and work with them individually to make sure that we're getting him to where he needed to be. And that's would go with any, any player is making sure that I'm not doing all of it, but connecting with his trainer, for instance, or a trainer. Gotcha. Yeah. That's a, that's something I never really thought about is, is, you know, if a, Somebody is one specificity in their path of like the for a kicker. I can't imagine you don't want to get yelled at for changing that, especially not from a coach or anything. Well, and a pitcher for baseball, right? I mean, yeah, they are very right. precise when you get to a high level. Right. That's yeah, awesome. 0.001% difference or change. You know, that's the difference between a strike and a ball, right? And that's a big difference, right? Or, you know, a, uh, couple inches to the left or right for a field goal. That's all the difference that, that you need mm-hmm. to. So I, that, that makes a lot of sense as well. Uh, we had the opportunity and, uh, you know, I guess blessing to have an awesome mentor when we were in school that worked with a lot of athletes as well. Um, it was Dr. Mitch Malley and Davenport. And uh, one of the things Doc, Doc always really emphasizes us is the importance of specificity mm-hmm. and, and honestly respecting somebody's time. Uh, that translation, you know, you, you only having so much time to work with athletes when they're coming in, how did that translate for you in your practice? What's your typical, uh, I mean, I know everybody's different. Um, can you walk us through a little bit about, you know, your day-to-day process with, uh, more of your average, uh, practice member versus the athletes? Well, I would say, and I'm going to tell all of you, this is don't give your services away for free. My dad and instilled this years ago. He played golf with his dentist for years, never got anything for free. And, you know, it's easy to, to bring in a high level athlete and say, you know what, I got you covered. You know, I remember going again with this kicker to Subway, his whole family was there and the Subway owner said, Hey, all the sandwiches are on me. And of course I was the very last one. I had to pay for my sandwich, but uh, long story short, uh, your services, you know, you've paid a lot of time and dues to become a wonderful chiropractor. And so my encouragement to you is make your time worthwhile. You know, you can offer maybe a service within your practice, a complimentary, let them know, Hey, let's, we'll do this uh, today. We'll do this complimentary, but you know, this is what the cost will be. You have to be very upfront. And Mm -hmm. to me, these athletes really respect that. Um, And so I guess that would be one of the big encouragements is when, when somebody comes in on a referral, um, generally, you know, they're not going to be offered a free service in my, in my office. Uh, I, I worked hard. And so I deserve to be reimbursed for, you know, my techniques and my service to the chiropractic community. Uh, that's great advice too, because it's easy to fall into that, that trap. You know, um, a lot of people in this profession, they're very giving and they're willing to serve and out of the, the feeling of abundance. 
and there's a certain element of you know the law of giving and receiving um the law of recipro reciprocity that are, i think are really important in that respect aspect especially with a lot of these people that we're able to work with um well here's i will say this if you don't mind yeah uh, the, the services i give away are for pastors and their family mm. um that that's my heart you know and those missionaries that need you know help and, and things like that so that's a way to, for me to give back so i do give services away but i wanted to make a, def a definitive line with the athletes Absolutely. Um, and, and life's about boundaries. You know, it's what you allow that really defines uh, what you're bringing into your life. So I, I really appreciate that. I think that's a message that goes over my head sometimes that I always have to have that reminder that I do need to make sure that I'm having boundaries. And I know there's a lot of students that tune in that that's the, that's the juggling act is uh, life is what you allow. So beautiful. Um, Dr. Gates did have to run, but I did want to wrap up with, uh, you know, I guess an opportunity for you to share a little bit more about where people can connect with you. Uh, I know you've got another, another two books coming out and, uh, any final thoughts with you, doc? Well, I just can't thank you enough for what you're doing for, you know, our profession. And I am just so honored to be on this podcast, uh, to reach me. I just made it a real simple website where you can connect with me and my resources. It's just the three W's. And then JT Anderson, S O N dot biz, B I Z. And um, there's a way to connect with me uh, from that website. Fantastic. Um, and as always, Doc, uh, we always appreciate your time. Uh, time is our most precious commodity. So it does not go by us that uh, you are spending some of your time with us, sharing with our listeners, and it, it means the world. So. Uh, good fighters, you know where to find us as well at the underscore good underscore fight underscore ers on Instagram um, at Gatesmayor underscore DC and myself at DC underscore Nash underscore T. We appreciate everybody putting those rounds in the good fight. And Doc, thank you so much once again. Uh, God bless and take care. <laughs>